Welcome to Enough Room, a music learning project with Symphony Nova Scotia, supported by TD Bank Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of Enough Room. I'm Daniel Bartholomew Poyser, your host for today, and with me I have Keontae Beals. Keontae, how are you doing? Hey, what's going on, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Good, so Keontae is an R&B artist from North Preston. Tell us, just can you just tell us, because I'd like to introduce you to our audience. Can you tell us a little bit about your music and who you are? Sure. Um, so I'm Keontae Beals. I come all the way from North Preston, uh, which is the largest all-black community in all of Canada. Um, I have been singing and performing since I was about six years old. You know, I kind of just got my training uh, from gospel music, and, and that's where my background is. And, you know, I started playing keyboard and, and producing but, you know, I just always had a love for storytelling. You know, I used to write books all the time, too. Um, so my love just kind of stems from storytelling and um, being authentic, authentically me. So, uh, right. yeah, that's that's Keontae. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there a pride that comes from from the largest black community in Canada? Uh, I feel like for sure there is. Um, I think that a lot of it, though just kind of comes from within, really, you know, because you can be from here and still not feel that way, you know. It's, it's just about doing a lot of the work in yourself, you know, to kind of acknowledge that and give, you know, our community uh, the flowers that it deserves, and that kind of comes from within, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So is there a North Preston sound, would you say, in terms of in terms of, mu- of the music that comes out of the community? Yeah, I would definitely say so, yep. <laughs> tell, us about, yeah. tell us about that, because that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, um, I would say the hub of the sound definitely comes from the church, um, and the church is uh, very like funky for sure. <laughs> the vibe is really funky, and I think even the way that people deliver and, and sing their songs too, um, it it really for sure is a is a specific sound, even with you know the dialect that we have up here sometimes. <laughs> Because every orchestra has its own sound. So it's really interesting to know that North Preston has its own sound as well, too. So you grew up in the church and gospel music. Does that does gospel music still influence your sound today, would you say? Absolutely. Um, I can remember uh, saying all the time, or even hearing uh, the great Miss Whitney Houston um, talking about how she would never perform a song um, without that feeling, that emotion. And for me, like that kind of comes from growing up in gospel music and, and you know, just kind of feeling everything you're saying and, and kind of laying it all there on the table. Feeling everything you're saying. Can you talk more about that? Like, What, what, what does that mean for you? Um, so for me personally, I can't speak for every other artist, but for me, um, I like to even when it comes to songwriting and telling stories to kind of dig from places uh you know that i've personally been you know whether that is places of depression or you know with love heartbreak or um you know vice versa all those places 
um, a real and authentic places that I have been to before. So for me, it allows me to deliver the song in more of a powerful way uh, by kind of digging those stories up from my own, you know, my own life. Because you can really connect with it. Yeah, because it's you. You're bringing yeah. yourself. You're really putting yourself out. Yeah. What is it? Is it hard being that vulnerable on stage and in your song and in your writing? It can be. Um, it definitely can be. In one song, I'll, I'll mention for sure because I think it. It probably will never go away, but it's a song that I wrote. It's called Man Down, and it just kind of talks about, you know, losing three to four cousins uh, due to gun violence. 2 a.m., phone rings, brace yourself for the news it brings. And for me, every time I perform that song on stage, even till this day, and I think it was released in 2017, I still go back to that same place of where I wrote it and uh, that can definitely be tough sometimes uh, performing it on stage and then kind of coming out of that vibe and having to continue to deliver a show but right you know and how do you do that because you mm -hmm. have it's true right as an artist you got to go to that place for the actual show to be authentic in that moment Keontae what do you do to keep going Honestly, it can be hard sometimes. Like sometimes I will find myself needing a bit of a moment and you know, my crew on stage are, they're pretty great. Um, so they'll kind of give it, we'll, we'll play it off. But um, mm, you know, every time mm -hmm. it's different. It's different, I will say that. I love that you are able to go there and your performances and the music I've been listening to and you hear it, you hear it in your voice and you hear it in your song and in your sound. And that's one of the things I wanted to ask you a little bit about was uh, which, in terms of your sound, like how, just tell us a little bit about your sound as a musician. What, how would you characterize it? How would you describe it? Hmm, my sound as a musician. That one is always the hardest question for me to, yeah. to answer. <laughs> that's why I asked. It's always the hardest because I feel like I'm always growing and I feel like, you know, what I sound like right now is totally different than what I sounded like for my first project. And then, um, even when people hear my new project, it's going to be like, wow, this Different. is like a, another yeah. level, right? So it's so hard yeah. for me to put a put a, a sound, a specific sound to it. It's always growing. But, you know, that's why I say I just want to keep it authentic and real and make sure the stories are um, truly me. So I guess that's not necessarily a sound, but <laughs> hopefully, you know, the sound kind of grows along with that. Well, yeah, and people need to experience it as well, too, like those of us listening. If there was, um, in terms of people getting to know your music, you know, from the symphony audience, what are a couple of, of tracks that you'd recommend to start people understanding your journey and understanding your music? Where, where could they begin? Yeah, I would definitely say to take a listen to King. Head up, keep strong, move it forward. No tears to cry till it's over. You got to be a grown man. I hope you can understand. It kind of um, touches base on, you know, my life um, a little bit. King, and I would definitely, oh, cheese from the <laughs> from that album. I would say Man Down too, but also I would say a simple song like No Better. That's fantastic. Okay, so we'll make a list of those for you. Uh, make sure that you take a listen. So I want to talk about artists that have 
inspired you? Mm. Who are some artists that have inspired you along the way? You can take as few or as many as you like, but who are people that you've looked up to as artists uh, for their music or for who they were as people? Sure. I would say I have about four main ones, and uh, they inspired me for all different reasons. So I would definitely say Michael Jackson has been mm -hmm. a huge inspiration for me as an overall entertainer, period. Um, Whitney Houston for her vocal mm -hmm. cords, of course. <laughs> um, Elijah Blake, which yes. is somebody yes. that, that a lot of people don't really know about, but he's written for everybody from Beyonce, Mary J. Blige, Usher, everybody. And I adore him for his songwriting. And then Tamar mm -hmm. Braxton for the same thing. Her songwriting and her vocal arrangements right. um, are just amazing. Right. The ability to write a song that stays with people is tremendous. Yeah. It's tremendous. Cause, yeah, because you're doing a lot of, you're doing, are you doing all of your own songwriting yeah, right now? Yeah, most of it. I do some co-writes as well, but but most of my songs I write and actually produce as well right here. That's tremendous. That really is. So we'll make sure to get people listening to those. That's great, those artists. So you're a vocalist and you also play piano? I do, yeah. So do you have a favorite orchestral instrument that you like to listen to or that you think is, or that you've used in your music at all? Hmm, I definitely love uh, violins for sure. I, yeah, they're definitely my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a sound that goes quite well with R&B and has mm -hmm. for years and years and years. Are there movie composers or soundtracks that you like or that you listen to in terms of orchestral music? Hmm. I can't say any specific one, but okay. Now there's <laughs> there's a song from uh, one of my favorite childhood movies. Um, and it's it's called Spirit. It's about uh, uh, a Mustang, a horse um, from the Cimarron, and yes. yeah, and yes, I love yes, it yes, so much. Yes. It's one of my I favorites, know, know, and and the soundtrack of that movie is incredible to me. Like there are songs that are in that uh, soundtrack that I have on my phone, and I listen to on a regular basis. Um, like Sound the Bu Sound the Bugle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is oh, my song. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Sound the bugle. Okay. Okay. Noted. Well, we'll see what we can do about getting that <laughs> program for you to come and listen to. Okay. So that's a lot about you and your art. So I think what's really interesting is, you know, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but you're an R&B artist. And one of the things that you seem to be known for, maybe you would disagree, but you seem to be known for talking about uh, black men and mental health as an R&B artist. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, even kind of being open and, and talking about those things too, you know, people, like you said, I agree, um, know me for being open and honest about those things. And people don't realize too that, you know, that just doesn't come from anywhere too. I have these conversations with so many of my friends who are also black men. Um, and some black women too, but just conversations about mental health and how important it is, you know, especially in this world where, you know, we're taught to just work, 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 you know, and not taught to self-care, self-care. So you, you just have to kind of focus on both things and it can be a challenge, but it's, it's equally as important, both of them. And so, yeah, absolutely. I definitely love to kind of put that message out there and make sure people know that it's, it's definitely super important. So what's it like being an R&B artist who also talks about mental health? Because there are a lot of topics that are covered in R&B. You know, we talk a lot about love and love and sex and money and, you know, joy and life and God. But mental health is not often one. So how are you? This is kind of new territory, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's definitely different. And, and I guess it's, you know, kind of like I said, like just kind of taking 
um, something that's real and authentic and speaking about it, you know, is, is different, sure. You know, mm-hmm. you don't hear it as much in R&B music, sure. But that doesn't mean we can't, you know, kind of break the barriers of that and make it, you know, a possibility. And, and I believe in that. And so that's kind of um, the connection I've been making, even with my album, The Whole Album King. It's just kind of speaking about all so of the, it. So the, the whole, whole album. album. Yeah. Wow, the yeah, whole it's album. It's just about being vulnerable. And do you hear... You know, it's funny because you're talking about being vulnerable, but that requires vulnerability on your part to actually Ooh. do that, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so what, what's that like in terms of your career and, and how you're portrayed? It can definitely be difficult. Like even, even the song King, I can remember when I first wrote it and I was like, nobody's going to hear this. <laughs> like I'm not going to put it yeah. out nowhere. Like this is, this is a lot for me. You know, but yeah. it's important. It's important for people to hear at the end of the day. <clears throat> that's how, that's what makes a project relatable, you know, is when we all can kind of connect to a song like that. And, um, you know, it can make change day by day, one by one. And have people connected they to have you? in in so many different ways. And people, you know, outside of black men, black women, white men and women, people of other races, everybody's connected and they found different reasons of, of connecting to it too. And that's been amazing. Can you tell us a story about somebody that maybe reached out to you and said, oh, hey. Like, this is yeah, great. sure. Um, okay, there was one lady and she reached out and she was a white lady. <laughs> and she was most <laughs> definitely like, we, or I tried, she was saying herself, she tries to, you know, fully understand the struggle that us as black men go through, you know, even just waking up every day and seeing um, another black man being shot and killed. She's like, she has sympathy about it. And, you know, she tries to make the connection. And for her, of course, there's a barrier because she's not a black man. Um, But she says for the song, uh, or after listening to the song, she was able to make the connection, even just seeing how strongly it impacted my life and every aspect of my life, right from spirituality to love to how we walk down the street and how we carry ourselves. She said she better understood it mm-hmm. more after hearing the song. And, and for me, that was a point. That was a purpose, you know? It's about, I think it's what you said before, like one, one by, by one. one. Or you said yeah. something like that. One by, yeah, one by one. Just like helping people understand each other and understanding the people that are actually around us. In terms of black culture, I'm interested to hear from your perspective why you think there is such a stigma around mental health or discussing it. Like, How did it come to be that that stigma is there in the first place? I think it was just about the fact that us as black people, you know, every day is a fight anyway, you know. So like when it comes to us speaking about, you know, the things that we're going through, like we've all heard the terms, what goes on in this house stays in this house. And the fact that people used to just kind of sweep things under the rug and pretend that things are fine because we don't have the time to kind of sit back or, you know, it looks like we don't have the time to sit Mm -hmm. back and kind of nurture ourselves. We have to be fighting every single day. We have to be up. We have to be ready. We have to keep going. You have to be tough and just keep going because we don't have time to just sit around and mope. That's what, you know, that's what was taught to us. Exactly. Um, And not realizing that, that of course hurts us as a community, but in order to even move forward and not carry the things of yesterday, you have to touch base on them. You have to take your moment to be real with yourself and process these things. It's natural to do that. It's 
most definitely natural and needed. And it's the only way to move forward in a healthy way so that you're not hurting people along the way as well with that traumatic experience that you've faced. Right. Actually taking the time to touch where we've come from. And I guess it's about facing what's there. Yeah. Kind of. And being Absolutely. honest, right? And, and that's something that you really try to do in Absolutely. your music. It's something you carry through in your music all the way through. So do you think there's real hope for, you know, sometimes, do you think there's real hope for change in our black community regarding this issue? Because I remember talking with another black friend and they're going through a difficult time and we we're just talking, you know, we we're just talking. She said, well, yeah, you know, black people and psychologists translation, like, you know, we don't we don't go to those. We, we don't do that. We don't go to those. <laughs> and I was like, actually, like, <laughs> I actually go quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 sh- I, should, I should have said it like that because she would have she would have laughed and she probably needed to hear it. No, she knows. So it's fine. But um, <laughs> um, it's not. Yeah, my therapist is on speed dial, but like almost. No. Um, so I think I think it's, it's interesting. I guess it's all, it's all we can do, like one by one. And that's what's so interesting. And so it's so great because you're so passionate. About yeah. It. Right. You're so passionate about this mental health and it's a totally new thing in the field of in the field of R&B. It's totally novel. Yeah, no, it, I do believe um, that things will change. Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't be out here doing all the work, putting in this here work if I didn't feel like it could change. It can't. It most definitely will. And, you know, you just have to believe that and have the conversations, you know, in public with people and, uh, you know, just kind of hope for the best. All you can do is do the work and believe that it can change. And, uh, you know, we've seen things get better over time. Do you get any pushback from other R&B artists who are like, oh, he's like singing about mental health. Like, what's he trying to do? Nope. Wow. That's great. Uh, I see more respect now. Uh, in my career more so than ever before because this is the thing right you're brave in stepping out in this new direction I was looking online to see if there were any dance hall like reggae dance hall artists who are LGBTQ to us and and there aren't like it's really hard to find there's there's just a few Mm -hmm. right so it's really hard to be the first person to step out in a new direction and that's what you're doing and that's not the only direction that you've stepped out into you were also you mentioned before that you were a writer and you have a storybook. <laughs> this is so this is so cool because uh, when I first heard about you, it was uh, he's a wonderful R&B singer and I listened to some tracks. So I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I like it. Oh, that's different. Okay, cool, okay, okay, okay. And then it's like he's written a children's storybook too. And that's when I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. That's great. Because it's it's one thing to be, you know talented and then like hard and chase the money and the contracts and the right but to be like no this is also important and i'm not going to leave this part of me behind but i'm going to bring my whole self to work so it's supposed to be your interview but it's turning into my rant so (laughs) tell us about (laughs) tell us about your tell us about your storybook title everything yeah um so the book is called i am perfectly me um i wrote it in partnership with my baby brother antonio beals um, shout out to him. He's 10 years old. And so this is his first mm. uh, book ever. I'm, we self-published it through uh, my company, KBL's Entertainment. Um, you know, and, and, you know, that was kind of full circle for me, you know, because in storytelling, I love storytelling in the version of songwriting, but I also like to do it in different forms as well, through fashion, um, through just audio, you know, um, and also through writing books and so the children's book has been acting as an anti 
racism and um, anti-bullying serum for schools, you know, all across the globe or, or kids all across the globe, you know, it highlights kids of color um, and just kind of shows, you know, the beauty that they have, you know, and they don't get to see that that often portrayed in the media. So um, that was something that I wanted. I wanted them to be able to open the book, see themselves and know that they're beautiful. I was listening to an interview where you spoke about having uh, seen portrayals of black men in the media, basically just being um, the drug dealer, the athlete, the ghetto person, or the, you know, whatever. But basically those four kinds of things, you know, or you know, the gay best buddy, not the gay best buddy, sorry, the black best buddy uh, on the side. Uh, maybe both, who knows? But, um, you know, that portrayal, you're totally right, is letting kids see themselves in these books. Were there, was there a, a storybook like this for you? When you no, were- not at all. Um, I couldn't open a book up and see something like this before. And that was actually, you know, one of the other reasons, too. Like, I wanted kids to be able to do that, to, to do something that I uh, wasn't able to do when I was younger. And also to see that, hey, I'm a black author, you know, and also Antonio is a black author and he's 10 years old and he did it. You can literally do anything that you put your mind to. Right. Yeah. That's... It's really inspiring. It's kind of like you're writing the book that you needed to read. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And also maybe singing the song that you needed to that hear. That I needed to hear, man. Absolutely. Every single day. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's, I think it's, it's super brave because you're actually... You know, people always say things like that. You know, oh, write the book that you need to... But you're actually doing it. Um, and that's what's very special about your music because it has such heart. I'm wondering who did... This is like kind of a side note question. Who did the illustrations uh, for the I book? I did. I did. Did, did you really? <laughs> no way. That's I fantastic. Did, yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. Because I saw them and I was like, I want to do these illustrations. That's crazy. Okay. So there's a lot going on. I love <laughs> in an interview, you can actually find out more as things are going along. Okay. So we got R&B check and, you know, mental health activist awareness check <laughs> and then songwriter and all this stuff. And I, I have to say the book, there's one page in there. I think, I think the line is, both my mom and my dad went on to heaven. I still feel them every day guiding me in the mm-hmm. right direction, right? And then the caption is, I love my uncle, or something something like that. Is that the actual caption? We can get it right because yep, yep. the author's here. It says, I love, I love my uncle. So for me, growing up, I was raised by my mom and my aunt. And I was the only, I was the only family that's like that. In the Caribbean, families like that, totally normal. Right? It's just like, there is a mom and your aunt, you have an uncle, blah, 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 fine. Right? Okay. Seeing that in your book was, I think, the first time I'd ever seen in a children's book wow. somebody being raised by the, like, like the brother of a, of a parent like, uh, or, or the sister. It was the first time I'd ever seen anything close to my family wow. structure in wow. a children's book. Hmm. Right? Better late than never, Keontae. It brought a tear to my eye. I was like, oh, Wow, aunties being validated, right. you know. Wow, it's it's real, See, man. It's like real. when I hear stories like that, it uh, is unexplainable. I can't even explain like the feeling of that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. And this is this is kind of what's been happening to me over the past while. Uh, Mark Twain said that this is not the total quote, but the quote from Mark Twain is something like, "The worst part about having your house burned down is that it takes years to realize what you've mm. lost." Like seven years down, you're like, oh, I for- oh, I forgot, I lost that as well right. too in the fire or whatever, right? And it's kind of the opposite process now, lately of now that there's more representation in art, 
and more representation in R&B and more representation, representation of mental health issues and representation of black people and colored people in children's books that I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that would have been mm-hmm. really nice to have had right. that along the way. That would have been really nice to have seen that. Oh, this would have actually made a huge difference to my life. So that's the work that you're doing wow. through your music and this activism and the storybooks. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty tremendous. So, so other thoughts about the book. Where can people find the book? To, uh, to purchase yeah, it. Yeah, uh, you can find it through my company's website, which is just www.kebe.ca. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can you can find everything mm-hmm. there. And we'll put that up so people can, so people can see it as well. Awesome. So what's next? Uh, actually, before we go to what's next, can you tell us about some of the big news that's been happening over the past while? Some of the accomplishments and yeah, and then what's next? What's happening? Sure. Um, accomplishments. Hmm. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I would definitely, you know, I guess mention the company as a, as a, as an accomplishment to me. Um, but I definitely won an, an ECMA not too long ago. You won ECMA. What um, was that for? The recording of the year for my album King. And, uh, King was actually right. the first, uh, full album I've ever produced all on my own. Right. And so that was, that was pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. How was that crazy? What was crazy? I guess about the that? feeling was just crazy. Like I, I definitely feel like, um, okay, like before in my career, like I would always feel undeserving of things. Um, like even though I know I worked hard and you know, and I put so much effort into everything that I do, I still always felt like I didn't deserve it. Like I could be doing more. I could be going and pushing more. And now, like for the first time in my life. Um, I feel like I deserve it, you know? I feel like I deserved that award. And that's a different feeling for me on all levels, you know? It makes me feel, um, I can't even find the word, but it, it feels great, it feels great. It feels great. Huge congratulations. Huge congratulations to you on that award. and I. I can't help but think that, you know, a great part of mental health is being able to recognize when we've deserved something that we've worked really hard for. Yeah. You know? It took a long time. That's really... Um, for me to see yeah, it. It really does. It took a long does. time for me to see it, man. It really I, does. Uh, oh, yeah. I would beat myself up bed, you know, um, all the time. All the time. Yeah. You know, all the time. After shows and stuff, you know, just kind of not feeling good enough. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, it's definitely changed this time. I'm enjoying my career now for the first time ever. So <laughs> I'm happy about it. That's a real musician thing, you know, the beating oh my yourself goodness. up after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We can all yep. share that. Yep. Absolutely. You know, it's real. It's real. So that's maybe you can do an album about that as well. <laughs> musician, don't beat yourself up so much. It's so heartening to hear that you feel like that you deserve it. And apparently ECMA thought so as well. And King is wonderful music. It's a great song. Your voice sounds great. So I'm really uh, excited. So what, what's coming up next? Like what, what, what are your plans for the next, say short term, like short term plan? Sure. I'm such a secret squirrel with everything that I do. So I'm always like, oh, what, you're, you're, what am you're I a secret what? A secret squirrel. A secret squirrel. Oh wow! Tell us about that. <laughs> that's that's new. That's like, a new when it, when it comes to all that all that stuff, I'm always like, who? Like I'm I'm the guy that mentioned something 
the evening before dropping a whole project. <laughs> but but got I it, will it, say it, that it. I um, have completed another album, and I actually Ooh. completed it immediately after completing King. So I worked on it last year, and it was finished since last year. <laughs> so it'll be soon yes. coming out here. In the, that's fantastic. Well, thank you. We, we here at Symphony Nova Scotia, we want to respect the privacy of all secret squirrels. So we <laughs> greatly appreciate your indulging us with a sneak peek into into what's happening and what's happening next. Well, that's fantastic. So where can people hear? Where can we hear your music? We already have some songs, but where else can people hear you and find yeah, you? Yeah, um, at KeonteBeals.com. You can find everything on me as well as, of course, the company, as I said, KEBE.ca. That's fantastic. Keontae, thank you so much for being here with us on Enough Room. You know, there are there are young people in the youth orchestra, young musicians and, you know, classrooms that listen to these. Do you have any messages for the young people um, of Nova Scotia, if you were to give one? Yeah. Right young musicians, particularly. Young musicians. Yeah, sure. Um, and honestly, it would just kind of stem from what I just said, you know, just not beating yourself up too bad. You know, it's okay to want to be better at something and to work to be better but you don't have to beat yourself up along the way to do it you know you don't have to put yourself into those dark spaces to do it you know you can go it and you can fight and you can work and you can right. get it and you can celebrate your victories along the way and learn from your failures i think that's advice that we can all profit from everyone this has been enough room with Keontae beals thanks for tuning in thank you so much for having me